Episode 7 of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We are so glad you are here. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, you'll listen as two decades-long friends jump back into the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and relive the show that brought them close together and taught them so many of the values they still cherish today. As usual, we are going to give a spoiler warning. We are going to be discussing this episode, spoilers and all, so if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want to hear the spoilers, hit the pause button and go do your watching. I can't believe you haven't seen this yet, but watch (laughs) it and then come back. Yes, we'll be anxiously awaiting your return. Each episode of Tabula Rasa, bitches, we'll dive into an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and discuss the lessons that can be learned from our favorite Sunnydale warriors and the supernatural creatures they use their talents and friendship to overcome. Today, we'll be discussing season one, episode seven, Angel. This, Cue this the episode, wolf whistles and woo. Um, it's going to be 50 minutes of talking about how sexy David Brian is. This. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, do you want to get us rolling with that episode summary, Nicholas? Nothing would make me happier. Okay. After Angel helps Buffy fight off an attack from a group of fierce vampires called the Three, they go back to her place to hide out. Angel stays the night and the next day, and when Buffy returns home from school, they kiss for the first time, but Angel pulls away. Ooh! (laughs) Angel pulls away, and when he turns back, we discover he's a vampire! I never would have guessed. Meanwhile, (laughs) Darla and the Master hatch a plan to bring Angel back to their side. The next day, Darla goes to Buffy's house. Joyce, who, as a reminder, is Buffy's mom, mistakenly invites Darla in, and Darla drinks from her, but leaves just in time to frame Angel. Buffy then goes to confront Angel, but discovers the truth that he's actually not as evil as he has had his soul restored by a curse. Darla interrupts their conversation, guns a-blazing, literally, and attempts to kill Buffy, but Angel stakes Darla instead. Buffy and Angel kiss at the bronze the next day and acknowledge that their love is a forbidden one. And I'm going to give a shout out to the always incredible Buffy guide from which I adapted this summary. Excellent. What an episode, Allie. What an episode. I mean, really, it is such a classic. Um, So much happens. And I just so I have so many quotes written down. I probably won't read all of them. But my first note is, yay, Team Angel forever. And that is like an actual four. E-V-E-R. And then a little heart next to it. Because, yeah, the other side of the debate has not been introduced yet, Team Spike. But I will state it now for everybody. Team Angel, forever. Five ever. Five ever. Yeah, shout out to Angel for helping middle school Nick. Sexuality. (laughs) Really appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. My first note is that Darla is so sexual in how she talks. Yes. I dig it. I dig yeah, it. She, it's like not a lisp, but it's just this way that she forms words. It's just seductive. so like intentional and sensual. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so good. Julie Benz, that's her name, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. Good memory, so good, good memory. You've met Julie Benz. I have been in her presence. So when I went to Dragon Con, she was on a Buffy panel and I got to just sit there and soak it up and be in and the bask. same room with her. 
Yes, absolutely. And it was so cute because apparently she and Charisma Carpenter, Cordelia, are like besties. They were sitting next to each other and giggling the whole time. It was great. Oh my God, imagine being best friends with them. Uh, I know. I would just like sit around and be like, oh, you're all so fabulous. Help me pick out shoes. Or, I don't know. <laughs> um, so then we start with a scene with the master and I'm just like, oh, he's a family man. Because he's talking about how Angel left and, like, our family, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, look at you, master. Oh, family. Still a family that is less messy than mine in some ways. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's pretty accepting. If, if my family's listening, I love you all. I'm just love kidding. Love you. Um, also, uh, we'll take note, Darla not in vamp face. A bold move around the master, right? Yeah. Like, I guess she just gets away with it. I don't know. That was something that we talked about tracking in the first episode because the last couple times she was in vamp face when we saw her. And I guess, uh, I don't know, now that we've seen both faces, we're seeing her more. I don't know if it was an intentional choice or not. I'm just taking note of it. Her, um, so later on, she talks about her outfit. She intentionally chose like a schoolgirl theme mm -hmm. and she's in that same costume. I was thinking that it was like... No, no, we don't take the face of our lesser form around the master. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's part of this whole schoolgirl thing. I don't know. But that I don't just know. Or it may even be just like a, because, all right, spoiler alert, she dies in this episode. So it may be one of those things. If someone says they're about to, you know, finally have a good life, you know that they're going to die. Like, it's one of those things mm. that kind of is a tell, like oh, suddenly she's getting a lot of FaceTime and like her real FaceTime and we're starting to get to know more of her and okay, now she's dead. That's a so really good point too. It might, be, it might be one of those things. Yeah, that's definitely a trope when someone's talking about how they're finally going to retire and take a vacation. So, mm, they're probably gonna Damn die. it, just hit the balls button now. Don't watch the rest. It's going to be sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next note I wrote is so we find the Scoobies attending the pre-fumigation party at the Bronze. Yep, yep. And I just wrote to this... A fumigation party? Absolutely fucking not. Not a chance. <laughs> you will not find me there. Well, free is my favorite number, so I would totally stomp a bug for free drinks. Absolutely. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> That's so revolting. Ew, there's like cockroach. No. But it's no. not my house. Like, I get to leave at the end of the night. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to sleep there. Right. Yeah. Like, if my house had cockroaches enough that you had to have a fumigation every year, like, that would be a no-no, obviously. But... Like dingy bar where I go dance and they don't card you. Like there's some things that you have to deal with to underage drink, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You take, you got to take the good with the bad. And I was never good at flirting to get people to buy me drinks. So stomping on bugs, far more in my wheelhouse. That remains one of my favorite things to do at gay bars with Paul's blessing too, by the way. I, I assumed so. Get, get the free drinks, work it, do whatever you got to do. Because we share credit cards, so like, <laughs> yeah. If if I were so inclined, Hayden would feel the same way. But I, I just I'm not good at it. Um, how do we feel about Xander's incredible dance moves that we see at this fumigation party? Um, well, I know it is a controversial word, but I would say adorkable. Adorkable mm -hmm. is that controversial? Who doesn't like the word adorkable? I, I've heard some people say it's cringy. I don't and know. what is their address? I just want to know. I just want to talk. <laughs> no one in particular comes to mind. Oh, I wrote down the quote. Um, she says something about like, but when he is around, it's like the the lights dim everywhere else. And you're just like, oh, so wound. <laughs> oh, you love him. Oh, puppy. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, um, I don't love one of the words in this quote from Xander, but I think the quote I bet is I know what it is. hilarious overall. I don't know what everyone's talking, talking about. about that that doesn't make, make you look, look like, like a, a hooker. hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that. I'm so like, and even the delivery, you can't, and because of who she is, like, you can't even be mad about it because she's yeah. being a bitch to him. Like, she drew first, you right. know? Yeah. Sex work is work. We support right. it. But yeah. like, also, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. It is. It is hilarious. And we're definitely not <laughs> condemning hookers, but it's also just like definitely would be an insult to her. So. And that be the, that quote, we have to figure out a way to use that in the promo of this. That just doesn't make episode. you look like a we're hooker. Not, no, no, no. The thing oh, that you just oh, said. Oh, we're not condemning sex work? We're, no, we're not condemning hookers. That's yeah. what, I think that's what you, was oh, about Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not condemning hookers, but yeah. Cordelia definitely wouldn't want to look like one. Oh, that's good. That's For sure. Good. Um, and then I also have another Xander quote. Let's stop this whirly gig of fun. I'm dizzy. <laughs> He is adorable. Isn't I have he? definitely said that before. This... <laughs> he he has, I think, second to Cordelia, he has some of the best quotes. Yeah, especially he, this episode. He, of course, reigns supreme, but Xander's definitely a close second. So Buffy decides she's leaving, and it's pretty clear that Angel is, like, I don't know, lurking or whatever. I just, this episode, I think, is so well-timed because I am just getting to the point as a viewer where I'm like, okay, Angel, I'm over the cryptic creepy that, like, I'm ready uh -huh. to, and, yeah. it, it, and now we learn it. It's like, boom, ask and you shall receive. Yeah, and I did like how, like, she gets up to leave and then she turns around, she doesn't see it, she doesn't catch him, but, you know, we as the viewers, we see that he is indeed there, he's following her. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but you really, there really is a sixth sense when you have a crush on somebody. Like, all of a sudden, you notice where they are fifth period. You know, like, maybe you don't track your your other friends' stuff, but, like, you know what table they're sitting at. And oh, yeah. Like, you know, you notice when they walk into the room, and there's definitely just that, like, extrasensory awareness of them. They capture that very well. Um, yeah. The next scene where uh, B Buffy's fighting off the three before Angel enters, mm -hmm. um, this is the first time since Luke where we're kind of seeing her ass get kicked, isn't it? Yeah. And I actually had a similar note. This is the, so we've seen him offer warnings in, in, in form of help and stuff. And we saw him come to the harvest and then say like, oh, I'm impressed. I didn't think she'd actually do it or whatever. This is the first time she actually needs his help. Mm -hmm. We see him fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we, and he gets in on the quip action. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can yeah. you can quip too. You got a good quip there, Angel. Good job. Yeah. Um, and I, I have a really silly, silly thought that I had while watching the episode. So when Hayden and I met, I definitely thought he was all angel, all dark and mysterious, you know, playing everything pretty close to the chest, not offering much about himself. And now that we're five years in, he's all Xander. He is all <laughs> all silliness and goobiness. And all of that, and it's just, it's very funny to think about. Uh, knowing you, I like that arc in your relationship for yeah, you because you're also like, very silly sense. and goofy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely, it was invited for sure. When I do weird stuff and he's like, who, who made you this way? I'm like, it's you. <laughs> I, I respond to your weirdness and, and offer it back. Hayden, you're a gift. He is. He is my precious gift. Um, I definitely felt a lot of the... Um, this relationship in in this episode and i'm wondering if it's just because i haven't seen my boyfriend in a month as i am out out in california as i record this 
Oh, it's going to be so cool to listen back to this several seasons later and you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm getting ready to film for Felicia Hardy. And I remember that trip to LA. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so as we, you know, he gets her away from the three, uh, they get back to the house. This is the first time we learn about the invite rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets uh, it in uh, just in the nick of time, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, and obviously, we're meant to not really notice so that, you know, when he does the turn and stuff. And it really is just like, I wonder if where the line is supernaturally, if there's clear intent to invite, you mm, know, like mm-hmm. how how strict is it? Does she have to say, does she have, you know, does it doesn't really be like, the words. come in or come on. Yeah. How specific is it? But yeah, she definitely gets it like a, come on in. Or I've something thought about that too. There. How, if, if somebody like, if a vampire in human form says, can I come in? Mm-hmm. And they say, yes, they didn't say come in, but right. there's like an agreement there. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's it where it's like, there's clear intention. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, it does have to be verbal. Interestingly, as Buffy is slamming the door, I can't see exactly from a bird's eye view, but it looks like there's at least an arm there over is. the threshold Oh, there's there. absolutely an arm, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think that's a little a little slip. That's okay. We'll yeah. forgive them. Uh, so throughout the course of the fighting, Angel has gotten a wound or something on his ribs yeah. and... Um, Buffy says, take off your shirt. I'll patch it up. I have a note here. Um, Buffy, I think he also has a cut on his leg. Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the upper thigh, maybe. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hate when that happens, man. Gosh, I know. Yeah. And it definitely made me think about like, do we know vamp healing status? Like, is he just playing along that he needs to be patched up and he would be fine in an hour? Probably. Right. Like, I know they get hurt. And obviously they bleed. I mean, really, this is there's a lot of like just going going with it with with yep. this show and like the rules and stuff. Cause like later in the season finale, he'll mention that like I don't have breath. Mm-hmm. But then there's another vampire prominent character who will come in who smokes. Oh, true. And it's like, well, that's oh. kind of a prerequisite. And also you form sounds by air passing through your vocal cords. So he talks, therefore he has breath. So, and I, I've had this question about blood because we've seen vampires bleed before. Mm-hmm. In order to, oh God, somebody's going to listen to this. Who knows yeah, how this actually works? Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. How, to so circulate do you have like, blood through your through your veins, you have to have a heartbeat. So then, do you only have like a set amount of blood in you when you become whatever? Well, I won't think about it too much. I won't right. think about exactly. It. You really, you really can't because then it just all. It all definitely falls apart. Um, so. so Joyce gets home and Buffy's like, oh, fuck, shirtless. Man, oh, wait, one, no one more thing it. about, oh, the, yeah, blo- yeah, about yeah. the blood flow thing. Because they also have sex. What's a prerequisite of sex? Well, sorry, backtrack. What's a prerequisite of a penis and penetrative sex? A hard penis, That's which requires blood flow. Responsive clarification from you, Allie. We yep, are, sorry. you know, I'm just trying to. Allies to all different types of sex. All different, types, all different of types of sex. types of anatomy. Yep, yep. There's all different kinds, but specifically talking about penis and penetrative sex, you need it needs to be hard. So that is that's a good question. So, it, yeah, I'm just saying they clearly I, have a pulse, and they. I would I would like answers honestly from somebody. How <laughs> do how do they have sex? I want to know. I do. Well, and it may depend on the world. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Because, like, I think I want to say in the Twilight world, they have a pulse, but it's really faint. Like, it's just, like, really slow. I don't know. I don't know. It's all magic. It's all fantasy. We can move on. (laughs) (laughs) From vampire sex. Oh, yeah. Let's move on to Angel Loki gaslighting when she's like, so... I don't know. Why would I do that? Yeah, exactly. She's like, I I don't know. Kind of got the sense that you were following me. And he's like, why would I do that? Gaslighted. You filthy fucking liar. You are. You filthy fucking liar. Yeah. Although I guess we can kind of get away away with it in the like, he's being coy. Because it's like, he knows that she knows and she knows that he knows. So I guess that's the like, no, I haven't been. Okay, that's that's charitable of you. Like it's more flirty, maybe. We've been saying too many nice things about men this episode. I need to counteract it. He's gaslighting. That's what we're going to go with. I can't. um, How do we feel? So when when Joyce comes in, Buffy is like, he's my tutor. Tutor. How do Mm -hmm. we feel about how convincing of a lie that is? Oh, she is not convincing at all. And and Uh Joyce knows, too. Joyce is not buying it. Now, (laughs) I mean, I don't think she she certainly doesn't go like, oh, it's a vampire or, you know, but I definitely think she's like. This is an older boy that Buffy is spending time with. Yeah. Now, luckily, neither of them look disheveled. So doesn't, you know, maybe it was just some making out on the couch. Yeah. But uh, I would definitely expect that maybe Joyce has a conversation with Buffy about like, um, should we establish rules of the house? Because, <laughs> um, I mean, she's clearly not buying it like, from the get go because Buffy's like, oh, yeah, you look tired. Like, let me, I'll bring you some tea. And Joyce is like, oh, that's sweet. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> Definitely that mom radar is absolutely going off. There's yeah. another quote here that I didn't realize I had been quoting Angel all those years ago. Buffy, they're in her room. Mm-hmm. Buffy changes into jammies or whatever and mm-hmm. turns around and he it's part of a quote. And then at the end, he says, you look pretty when you go to sleep. And I was like, <laughs> Is that where I got it from? Who knows? I don't think so. You say it in a very different way than when he says it. <laughs> He's complimenting her. I'm like, oh, even when you're getting ready for bed, you're still very, you're still pretty. You say it like, like you're intentionally being creepy. What's well, a creepy thing to say to say? It's like, not. It's not. Because it's even like, because when you're getting ready for bed, you're not trying to impress someone. You're in your pajamas and stuff. He's saying that even when you're dressed down, you're still pretty. Whatever, I think it's weird. And Okay, well, you are unnecessary. You are being harsh. You're making some harsh rounds. The more important part here is that I've been quoting Angel this whole time, and I'm so happy about it. I like like the cute little exchange when she's like, do you snore? He's like, it's been a while since someone's been in a position to let me know. Which is a really smooth way to say that, yeah, I haven't been with anybody in a long time. And you're like, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, that was like, okay. That's smooth. That was sweet. Oh, Angel. Mm-hmm. Love the girl talk the next day um, with Willow and Xander. And Xander's, <laughs> wake up and smell the seduction. <laughs> the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> or later in the scene when he's like, Buffy, come stay at my house. Don't worry. Willow will tell him that <laughs> yeah. he needs to leave the state. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, lo- I love, so feel this, uh, this Willow quote. How do you know what's going on? You always know what's going on. I never know what's going on. Willow. So adorable. Precious gift. Um, yeah. I wrote that this is slightly off topic, but Giles is wearing a um 
very excellent cardigan. And as you know, I love cardigans and I love a cardigan. Love, love a cardigan, cardigan moment. I love mm-hmm. it. Yep. And um, he definitely has some excellent tweed blazers with elbow patches. Oh, love an elbow patch. He's yeah, he got he's got some his elbow patch game is strong. Mm-hmm. Um later on in this episode, he wears a sweater vest, which I'm not totally sure how I feel about, but on him, I like it. I'm about it. He gets they away. Can he, can, he can pull it off, especially a British man. Yeah, you can you get away oh, yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, this is my first question for Allie of this episode. Okay, I'm ready. So we're jumping ahead to the next scene where they're in the um the master kills the three. Yep, yep. Well, no, he doesn't. He allows to, whatever. Yeah. Um uh don't give spoilies about other big bads, mm-hmm. but talk in general terms mm-hmm. about where the master ranks for you in terms of big bads. Mm. Let me say this. He's gotta be up there, right? Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely up there. It's just it's complicated because I mean he's just he's so classic. He is very obviously he's kind of sassy and that makes him like likable in a way. So he's weirdly charming, but he's still very straightforward bad guy. Like it is black and white, no question. And so there are definitely some big bads that end up more complicated. And so some of that complexity is what makes them a good, Mm -hmm. a good big bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And as far as scary goes, we do end up finding some more powerful people. Um, or creatures, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, I think he ends up being maybe my second favorite. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think so. So third season's my favorite season. And that big bad is my favorite big bad. Oh, he's kind of adorable too. Right, but he is sadistic in a way that the master is not. Do you think? Yeah. Uh... I think so. I think yeah. he's I think he's twisted in a way that the master is not. The master is very like, I want to rule the world, I'm a demon, yay demons. Yeah. It's very yeah. clear cut. You're you're right. They do get more they they definitely do get more complex. And even there are parts of the fifth season where in aspect of the big bad, I feel bad for. Like that yeah. kind of I um yeah. so I think they but the master is just so classic how mm-hmm. he's um, what does he say in the scene? Something like, oh, oh, I got it. The I am weary and their deaths will bring me little joy. Of course, sometimes Joe! a little is enough. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes it is the little, little things in life, isn't it, Master? Yeah. And there's also like, there's always something special about firsts. Yeah. So in a way, there is that aspect because he's the first that in a way can't be topped the way that like sequels will never really be better than the first because the first was new and different and novel so there's always an aspect of like whatever comes next it's not first you know it's we will never always be nostalgic for did i just say nostalgic that was about to be a really insightful point i just made and i just fumbled it because i fucking we will always be nostalgic <laughs> yes. for the master and you know us millennials we love some nostalgia we do yeah um can oh yeah my next my next note when buffy is fighting with the quarter staff can definitely tell those are not smgs hooks yeah. <laughs> they're like an octave lower um, um i i like that she just takes no mercy on giles in that oh yeah well you know she had to she had a bit to prove he's, he's trying, trying to... to be all cocky he's like a we'll little get bit there yeah eventually. yeah he's like you know Promptly after several several kicked. weeks mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think she she earned that little bit of told you so kind of moment. A thousand percent. Um, the diary bit is so cute. <laughs> the whole moment Buffy, is so adorable. So adorable. <laughs> and Angel knows what's up too, as mm -hmm. as she's saying that. Um, yeah, and you can see that like little bit of smile, and he's like, I, I didn't read it. Awkward. Um, uh, so they have their kiss. Mm -hmm. He turns when she screams. We have certainly never, never seen her scream like that mm -mm. so far. No, I don't know that we see it again. We see it. We see it. That in... level of like terror in her. Yeah, where she's yeah. caught yeah. off guard. Yeah, that's she's a really good. That's a really good surprised. point. Yeah, ah, <sighs> maybe not. I mean, certainly to the not depth for of what she's feeling. Certainly not for a while. Um, sh actually, the next time I think of her screaming is uh in hush shut up i was just gonna say that shut the fuck up i know yeah. we're always on the same page but that's not she's not screaming in terror that is a very intentional purposeful scream it is to so destroy them right now. It is, yeah. right exactly so it's yeah. still very it's very different and honestly i guess maybe it's different now that i'm an adult and i've had relationships and like i'm in love it's that's a heartbreaking moment when you first yeah. see his vamp face you're like oh no yeah, it has just been revealed. You are not who I thought you were. We are fundamentally incompatible. Yeah. But there's that interesting moment looking at her face when she says, how much older? Because she doesn't say it like, oh, how much older? Like you, like the way that you would think when you think someone's maybe. Because if you're looking at him, what do you think? He's three years older. Maybe she's worried he's seven years older. But the seriousness on her face does not look like that. So I wonder if her, if she as a slayer, if that's where her mind goes. Even if that's not what she thinks it is, maybe that's her just unconscious, oh no, even before it happens. You're saying there's some slayer intuition happening that is tipping her off that he is a vampire? I think so. Or there's just like a gut worry or something. Because just like the seriousness when she asks how much older he is. It does not, it is, it just does not seem like she thinks, oh, you're a senior in college, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, it and just, we do learn that her instincts are often right. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Slayer Sense, totally a thing. So I do think that maybe like before it entirely gets to her head, I think her gut notices something is different more than just he's older than I thought he was. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, the next day they're at school before they go in. This is, I had never picked up on this before. Allie, you know, I'm a politics buff. Mm -hmm. I, uh, Cordelia notices that somebody else is wearing the same dress she and she's like, is mm -hmm. that a knockoff? Is that a, she references, uh, she says something like, this is what happens with free trade agreements. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's referencing NAFTA, which was... <laughs> ratified three years before which is a really good with three years before the episode aired mm -hmm. um which is really good uh current events alignment yeah that cordelia has good for her she's you're informed girl i think she's smarter than she lets on oh yeah and like maybe in an intentional way and i love uh buffy's reaction after that of, i think we have problems <laughs> It I've never had that happen to me. That does have to suck, though. You show up somewhere and somebody's wearing the literal exact same thing you are. That sucks. 
Yeah, especially if I paid the prices for a -a one-of-a-kind. Yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd be upset. Yeah, I'm going to be pissed. Because, like, honestly, that knockoff looks just as good. So. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Rough. Sometimes paying more does not get you more. Life lessons, people. Life lessons from tabula rasa, bitches. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, okay. <laughs> I have a note here. I can't stop thinking about vampires and periods. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Okay. So Darla's in Angel's apartment and she's like, you're, you're living above ground. You're acting like one of them. And then she opens the fridge and she's like, but you're not, are you? And, she's, you know, making fun of the like blood packets that he has are clearly we find we find out much later that he has an agreement with some kind of donation center or whatever to get blood bags but i'm just like does he just i think about this for all for all vampire genres are they just so overwhelmed by the scent of blood anyway that the extra blood on someone's period doesn't make a difference or does that play into like who they attack in an alley i thought you were asking about Darla's menstrual cycle. No, no, no. She should not have one. You're asking about how do how their do vampires victims yeah. menstrual cycles? Mm. Right. Because I was thinking like, well, there is a sustainable source of blood for you, Ali. If if vampires ever come to be ethically sourced blood, you're gonna. I need you to launch some sort of social venture or something because this is a brilliant <laughs> idea social you mean entrepreneurial make some yeah, fucking tri- money off of this well um. yeah that, yeah absolutely rain in on that and stop a lot of people from being killed in the process right when, well so actually, i wonder I might but i wonder if like because i was thinking about this like bella and edward he's always talking about oh she's so tempting for him blah 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 like would that be a solution or would that be a problem once he got some of her blood that would he then be like oh my God, I cannot wait a whole month for the next time. I have to ration this. Or maybe it's like, you know, trying to have a sip of beer and then chugging the whole thing. Or I don't know. I don't know. Me either, Allie. I don't know. Other things I demand the answer to. Right. Because see, because I was thinking about it. Well, it's not quite for Angel. It's not quite like a vegetarian having meat for the first time because he is drinking human blood. He's not hunting down deer and stuff like that. Like he is drinking human blood. It's not fresh, but... He is having human, but with is Edward, that established? I, I, yeah, uh, the no, blood, the blood learn. bags, the blood bags are human donation bags, and they're not. It's not like pig's blood from a butcher or something. No, because because I think we see him at like the back entrance of a hospital. We did, yeah. That's second season, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. You're and right, like the right, type right. of the type of bag is more like an IV bag than just a Ziploc. Yeah. Um, but like with Edward, he is hunting animals. So it would be maybe like a slippery slope for him to have human blood because I assume it's different. I'll have to mm-hmm. consult my vampire friends. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, these are these are the things that uh, Ali Press. I've had vampire about. bosses. Maybe I should ask them. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. No, that would be too kind to them. So um, I have a note here. I'm just putting myself in Darla's position for a mm-hmm. hot second. Sure. Man, does it have to suck to be like, how old is she? Probably approaching 300, if not 300. Mm-hmm. She's watching some teen girl move in on her man that she desperately. Man, that sucks. Right. Ugh. And then also on Buffy's side, how bad does that suck? Like, OK, not only does he have an ex, but he has an ex that she was with that he was with for generations. Yeah, generations. Literally like, generations, God, yeah. God, make me insecure as fuck. 
Ooh. Well, except, I mean, then he kills her and you're like, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you killed her. I mean, that would definitely cure any insecurities I had. Ultimate way to build trust. Right. Um, also, so before that fight scene, when Buffy goes down to, to hunt, essentially to hunt Angel, um, kind of preposterous imagining doing homework in the midst of all of this that's a really good point like i yeah i do not blame her for totally losing track of or, i mean and really in any situation knowing that like oh i have to get homework done so i can go out and slay vampires of course she's doing bad in school yeah how would you ever focus on any something so mundane and inconsequential as homework she get she gets shot at with guns mhm yep and yeah, to your point, and what goes home and she, what is she doing in this episode? She's studying history, history. with Willow or something. Yep. Presumably she Recon- goes and takes a quiz or whatever so the next Civil day. War. What? That's nuts. Right? That's nuts. Yep. Uh, Buffy says her address when she calls. Yes. 911. I looked for... it up. Me too. <laughs> I couldn't find the Zillow for it. I was bummed. Oh, it's kind of, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like, there is a street nearby, but the actual address, if you look on Google Maps, it's like the end of a cul-de-sac. Oh, interesting. So it doesn't, it did not point to a specific house. It was more like a general area. Um, but the address that immediately came up was the Palisades in California. That's what mm, I found. Interesting. All that yeah. was, all that came up for me was just Buffy fans oh, writing sure. about how they have done what I well, I just I just plugged it right into Maps. I didn't Google oh, it. Oh, I, plugged it into I Maps. haven't done that. Interesting. Hmm. I'll have to go back and do that. We'll see. Yeah. Um. That poor dining room window. Oh, I know. First of many times, First somebody's going to so, get thrown through so that. Many times, or something's going to get thrown through it. Yeah. Just. Oh, God, that sucks. This. I'm glad they address it later on in the episode. But as I was watching this, and I had forgotten about that conversation that happens later i all i could think to myself was um this feels like a classic miscommunication buffy has walked in buffy's mom is unconscious in angel's arms of course she assumes that it's because of angel but actually it was darla feels like this could have been very easily cleared up mm-hmm. and then we learned like later he was conflicted or whatever but like come on like well and he was vamped out so which indicates he and we saw him feeling like very conflicted before he's probably going yeah, through a lot and or she's whatever. Clearly but... been fed on. Yep. So I can I can see how in that situation you would jump to conclusions. It's not an unreasonable conclusion to jump to. Now no, if he, I mean if he was regular faced, then I think like maybe it would have felt like things were calm enough to have a discussion. But... No, I'm placing the blame on Angel here oh. for not being like, being like, not oh, immediately wow. going like, no, 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 Darla was just here. This is a bad look. This wasn't me. I'm sorry. Yeah. This right. looks bad. I get it. Yeah. Right. But we learned later he was whatever, being broody. And... Well, and he was clearly trying to do kind of a um, white fang, be mean to get her to stay away from him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> and maybe some kind of some, you're just your instincts of well do anything to keep from dying kind of thing he is a vamp um, after all why would it so, be as anemia wouldn't it just be like blood loss yeah anemia is blood that you have enough blood it's just blood right well an anemia an anemia is lack of iron mm-hmm. which it sounded like is different than blood loss like i'm i tend to be anemic mm-hmm. but wouldn't it just be the same as if you cut your arm or something like that and you had blood loss i don't know they made it sound like it was presenting differently. I don't know. It's weird. 
And like, there was a perfectly logical explanation to it. But when you start digging into it, it's like, does that make sense? I don't know. Maybe there's a doctor who's listening that can chime in. <laughs> Talking to my fiance here, he better text me. Yeah. Tell, uh, get, give us a, rep- a report back uh, next episode. <laughs> um, imagine picking out an outfit to go hunt down the guy you like. It, did we see her pick out an outfit? No, but like she changes her. Oh, yeah. She changes. She's definitely in a different outfit. She's wearing jewelry and stuff. So like at some point, she had to <laughs> choose which shirt to put on and which pants to put on and like what earrings to put in, how to put her hair. It's not like she's in sweats, a t-shirt and a messy bun. Like she intentionally right. got dressed. Allie, I kind of feel like <laughs> if if you, there's a personality type and you are in this personality type where when you were going to kill a dude mm-hmm. that you loved very much, you had a cosmic duty, you had to kill him, yep. but you liked him, you would look cute doing it. I know you would. Fuck yes. 100%. And you have to dress so for funny. The, you have I to have dress not. for any occasion. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's definitely some like outside in kind of feeling like look good to feel good. You know, if you're doing going to do a shitty thing and you want to feel badass instead of sad, you wear your leather pants. Yeah, yeah. You want to feel confident doing it. You want to feel vindiction in what you're about to do. Right. Um, Show up that pleated skirt, bitch. Um, how did she know that he was at the bronze? This feels like a random place. Great question. Had the same thought. Um, because she doesn't know where he lives. He's not gonna come to her. I think it's just kind of like a where does it make sense to go? Yeah. I we guess. we can that we from the uh critics perspective we can say it was a yeah where else and then from the viewer's perspective we can say it was slayer intuition that led her there i think so yeah like where does it make sense to have a showdown the bronze yeah. and and i mean think about like sense, yeah. where do we most often see angel pop up it's the bronze thinking as his character too that feels like a random place like we have seen there was a scene at his place mm-hmm. before. Why would he not be laying li- like I'm not clear in his motivation for being at the bronze. Well, either, I think but I'm OK with but it. But he's going out to potentially kill her. I think his what he has decided to do is to kill her before she kills him. Really? I think so. I don't think so. I don't think his heart's in it, but I think that's what he has decided to do. I mean, he definitely comes out on the offensive. He come to me. I I saw him coming out as like toying with her. I didn't think. When do you think he makes the decision that no, I'm not going to kill her? I don't think he can do it. I think it's the same moment. I when have she... to pause. Okay. Sammy just threw up. Sammy. Flat for yourself. What question we were on? Sorry, I'll be right back. Damn, this was a good discussion. We were... fuck. Okay, we'll, we'll be right back. We'll pick up. All right. So, thanks for bearing with us. So we're talking about. When, what was Angel's purpose going to the bronze that night and meeting with Buffy? And I don't think that it was to kill Buffy, but Allie is of the persuasion that he was going to kill so that he didn't get killed himself. So kind of in the way people can have more than one thought at the same time. Like, I don't think his heart was in it. I don't think he wanted to kill her. But otherwise, why would he go seek her out? And why would he seek her out in the fashion that he did? Like, hiding in the shadows and like when he when they we do first see his face he's vamped out so why would that is him clearly coming aggressively at least from her perspective that is not a way to approach and calmly explain things 
if that was his intention, that's not the way to come out and do it. Uh, true. Yeah, I agree that his actions, the the logical conclusion on Bucky's part was to conclude that he was trying to kill him. I agree with you there. I don't think that he, um, I, I'm not sure what he, and I don't know if he knew his end goal either. I don't mm-hmm. think that he would have, we find out later that he has known of Buffy, have seen Buffy for a long time and has been in love with her for a while. Yeah. I don't think that he was ready. I don't I don't think that if Buffy would never be bested, had there been a situation where Buffy was bested, I don't think that Angel would have killed her. Oh, I don't think when push come to shove, he would have done it mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. way that she went to kill him and couldn't because mm-hmm. she has because we see she has the crossbow trained on him. Yeah, she moves it. Yeah. Yeah, and she and she chooses not to. And she she does, you know, she bares her throat. She says, Go ahead and do it. And he backs away. And she even says mm-hmm. she even says that. She's like, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Not so simple. Which I definitely registered in a different way this time. Like, yeah, it's not this, this what's between us is not that simple. Mm-hmm. It just I, 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 I felt like that one short line spoke volumes of yeah, it's not so easy just just to kill the person you, you're in love with. Yeah. Like yeah, that, acknowledging that line really impacts a lot. Acknowledging they're like, yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, you can't do it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he w- I don't think either of them would have. But I do think that is what or at least that's what they told themselves. That's what they were going to do. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree that they both went there telling themselves that they were going there to kill or be killed to do their duty or whatever. And well, more Buffy was doing her whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. right. All right. Yeah. We, we found We're, it. We, we got agreed. it. We got and it. that's why Darla has to show up and try to do it herself because she knows that he's going to wuss out. That feeds into Talk my out. next note very well. Um, in the same way that master is a, the master is a great villain. Mm-hmm. I think Darla is such a good villain. Love, too. love her. I love her so, so much. And, uh, another reference to something that will happen later, but, uh, I, I would bet that Darla and Angelus brought down some buildings in their time. <laughs> no, you, yeah. Yeah, they for sure did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes. That's got to be an episode to talk about, Allie. Also, um, uh, a little bit of confusing choreography here. Uh, when he's like, what? I'm not, I'm not even a real man to you, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, let's get it done. And then he jumps on the pool table and then jumps upstairs mixed signals much <laughs> it's like yeah let's get it done and then like moves further away and then yeah and then it then goes farther away from getting it done that's funny. also a, um, a stupid joke i couldn't i couldn't help myself come on don't go soft on me now that's what she said hello ally i love you so much <laughs> i have a favorite i have a i think this is my favorite quote from this episode um it's a exchange between buffy and darla mm-hmm. Darla says, want to know the saddest thing in the world? And Buffy says, <laughs> bad hair on top of that outfit? <laughs> oh, damn, you bitch. You shady. Snap. You petty, too. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, I love I love the sound of the quote, but then it's like scary in context of the, and I did it with a song in my heart from Angel. And I love the idea of like, oh, and I did it with a song in my heart. Like, I was glad to do it. And it's like, oh, but he's talking about killing his family. But yeah, um, I, I also have. It's not when we should have a song in our heart. Exactly. 
I also have, um, Angel, you can't say gypsy anymore. I almost, <laughs> I, I hadn't, I didn't, I was going to bring up with you. I was like, do we need to give like a warning? I don't think it's a trigger. I think it's do... in the context. Like, outdated and it, racist right now. it is an like, it is an outdated term and he does say romani first true and then he says gypsies as a non-romani i feel like i am not the one to say what is or isn't acceptable right right like it may be one of those things like maybe they call themselves that but like we're not allowed to i have no idea but it's definitely funny to think of someone butting and be like angel um no um you can't say that anymore you can't uh, you can't no, see that. No, no, it's yeah. No, not in this year. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we've all grown more informed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is a good quote from Garla, Garla, Darla. That I was looking at the word "good" as I read that. Mm-hmm. This way. Um, it's a good quote from Darla. Let's start with the kneecaps, shall we? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't dance oh, without what those. A good villain, can't dance without those. You cannot. You're right. Don't shoot people in the kneecaps. Don't shoot people. It's not very kind. I mean, like some people. I don't know. Some I'm not gonna. People... I'm not gonna make a sweeping generalization that no one deserves to be <laughs> kneecapped. <laughs> Inevitably, someone's gonna walk in. You're gonna be like, mm, "This guy." Uh, yeah. You should not have your kneecaps. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it reminds me. You're it's like, wait, right. no, it's like my favorite quote from uh from Little Shop. And he's like, "I don't know anyone who deserves to be chopped up and fed to a plant." like mm, sure you do not not one person no one you can't think of anybody really <laughs> um interesting oh well quick pulling buffy pulling the pool table when darla's standing on it that's a big move of strength i don't know if you've ever tried to move a pool table them things is heavy yeah so she's strong it's like nothing yeah yep all right slayer strength um the master and you know a favorite vampire couple of ours um from future seasons proving vamps really aren't without feelings we really see him lose control yeah, here don't he, we he flips his sh- flips the shit when when he finds out darla's dead yeah he's upset yeah yeah well and we learn later that just how deep the relationship between the master and darla is right he, she was his favorite um, like for, for reals this uh, it gets parsed out later what, like, ha- not having a soul does not mean you don't have feelings, Clearly. as we can see here. It definitely is. I mean, because they say that it means you don't. But, I mean, I-, I think, who says it? Is it Drusilla who says it? But, like, somebody says, like, we do love. They say we can't, but we absolutely do. Or mm. some- something along those lines. Yeah, clearly people, clearly they have bonds. They care for each other. Clearly it doesn't mean that they can't feel. Because think about, you know, Drusilla and Spike staying together for generations. Angel and Darla being together for generations. Like, if you truly did not give a shit about these people, you wouldn't stick around for that long. You would just, like, go it on your own. Very good point. It is, and it's an interesting dimension to add to the Master's character. Um, Because this is he's lost a lot of people, and this is the first time we see him really flip out. Yeah. Yeah. So then the next scene at the bronze. So here's some some funny trivia. I don't know if you've if you ever watched the um, special features on the DVDs. But so for this big kiss, which maybe they shot this one first and not the first one, because the first one was a pretty serious kiss, too. That was, oh, that was a sexy. That kiss. That was not quick. Uh, but yeah. apparently uh, David Boreanaz and Sarah Michelle Keller both ate just like the grossest foods possible before filming that scene 
And to their credit, you would not know because it is still a very steamy kiss. What? Funny, the, funny uh, oh, just, you mean just they to, like, just... Just to like mess with each other. They just happened to, oh, No, they nice. did it. In, they I did thought... it intentionally. They like intentionally ate a bunch of gross foods before filming that kiss scene. That's such a sensual kiss. Mm-hmm. Both times. Yeah. No matter what. I think they did it, it for the before the bronze one. I believe that's the one they were referring to. That's impressive. Really speaks to their abilities, doesn't it? Yeah. And also just like I silly, love, the silly things that young actors do. I love a quote from Angel here. He says, if I could go a while without being shot or stabbed, I'd be all right. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? So true. So true. I That is my preferred way to live <laughs> is without being shot or stabbed. I guess I don't know. I've never been shot or stabbed. True. This isn't like a challenge to the universe, nope, just to be clear. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, like. I've perked myself with a needle while sewing. I'm a wuss. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> Allie also co-signs. Yeah. Allie also does not want to be shot or stabbed. Absolutely. I, yeah, we are on the same page with that desire. Um, I think it's definitely, I don't know if this was a character choice or if this was wardrobe choice. Whoever made this choice, definitely excellent choice. Says a lot that Buffy wears the cross that night. Again, yeah. definitely like intentional picking out your outfit that night. And that detail when the camera pans <sighs> away and it's been pressed against him mm-hmm. the whole time when he said, and then, and then it provides more context to when he says it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you definitely get the sense that like, maybe he was about to say like, well, it was the, you're wearing the cross and she's like, yeah, it's painful. I know. And he just lets it go. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess I wasn't intending to put out that double entendre, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with we'll it. Just re- it we'll just, just pretend I was being deep. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last note I have here is that Willow is just seriously the ultimate wingman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Xander's like, are they kissing? As long as they're not kissing, I'm fine. And she's like, oh, uh-huh. 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 Yeah. yeah. Willow, I'm obsessed with you. Yeah. No, I was. It is It is super cute. And I'll, I mean, I do think there's also a dimension. Again, people being able to hold multiple feelings or ideas in their head at one time. I think part of it is certainly she's just psyched that Buffy doesn't want Xander. Oh, that's so funny. He's like, he, she's busy with him. I'm good. Right. Like, because she does have that moment uh, from the pack when she's like, well, yep. of course it's about you. Like, why would he be interested in me? He's clearly into you. And, you know, before that, before we see how into Angel she is and how clearly over the moon she is, you know, it'd be easy to be like, well, I don't really know your intentions. You know, there's that, that green monster in the back of your head. And now she's like, oh, she's so, Xander is so not on her mind. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> Works point. Works for me. Obviously, she's also genuinely happy for her friend, but also there's a definitely part of her that's just like, cool. Awesome. We can hold multiple thoughts. We can both be happy that somebody who we like, who they like, is busy with somebody else and happy for our friend. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That makes total sense. I think so. Um, I love this theme that really gets solidified this episode that we'll keep exploring through many seasons from now this forbidden love Mm -hmm. between slayer and And a vampire vampire who's just so right who is who is oh so good and they toy with us um as we will maybe explore in angel like you said many seasons from now um in quite possibly the most tragic worst episode of television ever Oh my God. So I know exactly I know, which one you're talking about. I know you about, know. And it makes me sad. Still. I hate that it exists. I hate it. You didn't have to do that. For those of you out there who know, like if you know, you know, you know exactly what you're talking about and your heart breaks with us. 
what is one quote um but i love peanut butter or something putting that in a box putting that box on the shelf stepping away from the shelf i'm um, putting it in the basement and flooding the basement yep. is what i'm doing yeah maybe some cement <laughs> just like, fill it up lock it away <laughs> But, like, love at 16, are any emotions real at 16? Yeah, we're not denying that they feel real, but having the context right. that we do now to look back. Right. I feel I feel like it, it's like when uh, Ariel is like, I'm 16, I'm not a kid anymore. And you're like, honey. When I was 16 and watching that, I was like, go off, Ariel, absolutely. And now I look back, you're a, I'm like, you're a child. Uh, yeah. You're a child, um, you don't know. Talk to uh, me when you pay some bills. Right, exactly. And she's like, <laughs> bet they don't reprimand their daughters. And it's like, uh, actually, people in the land do absolutely reprimand yeah. their daughter their daughters, especially if they're 16. It's, like a, it's a good thing to yeah. rep like sometimes you need to be reprimanded. Right. Like that. maybe yeah. King Triton wasn't entirely wrong. Um, and maybe Angel's hesitance and like he is much older. Even if we're going with his age, what he looks like. He's still older yep. and still has at least more wisdom, if not, you know, a lot of wisdom. He still has more wisdom than a 16-year-old girl. So, you know, you can't, you can't blame his hesitation. He doesn't hesitate very much. He does not hesitate. Well, you know, the girl he's been, you know, pining over for many years is finally in front of him and feeling the same way. I'm going a, I'm to a just go with suspending my disbelief. That's what yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to go with the cosmic bond between Slayer and Vampire with the soul. Absolutely. The, which, that, is re which is you know. reinforced in the comic books that continue the series afterwards. And it gets a little gets a little fanfic-y, but uh, the, the powers that be acknowledge their bond on multiple occasions. Oh, I didn't, I have not read the comic books, yeah. so maybe Well, I mean, the we'll episode that we were, eventually. the episode that we were referring to was Oh, that's that, the powers that be that intervening. Yeah, that and was they a reward do. from the powers that be. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I definitely made this um, forbidden love kind of thing mm -hmm. does. Um, I can relate to some aspects of it being like, I remember when I was in high school, mm -hmm. I was out of college because like everybody looks at me and they're like, okay. like, I did not surprise me. Whatever. It's fine. I remember I, I dated a few different guys who were still in the closet. It had to be a secret. This like forbidden kind of, oh, but we're destined. Oh, he's the look like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of people can relate to this feeling that this, this experience they're navigating. I, I, I think it will, it resonates with people. Yeah, I agree. And even like for me with my unhealthy past relationship, they're like, oh, well, you just don't understand. You don't understand how strongly we feel like mm. it's the struggle is what makes it real. And the fight is what makes it real. And I feel like movies and TV in that way, I don't blame all of our problems on movies and TV, but a little tiny bit, they do kind of show that like it's the struggle that and the fight for it that makes it real. When I feel like the real stuff is a lot more boring. Yeah. It's, when it's actually right, it's a lot easier and it's a lot less drama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should be a little e like you shouldn't have to fight that, especially early on. Mm -hmm. Like the if you're going to have any battles, they're going to come later once it's established. So, right. Hopefully, right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Or at least it mm. seems like it. Oh, man. We've devolved, Allie. We really have. 
from the train of the episode? I don't know. A little bit. We circled back. Yeah, we got, we, we got there. We got back eventually. We sprinkled in some Little Mermaid too. That's good stuff. You know, it's all it's all analysis and drawing <laughs> parallels. I mean, really, when you look at it, Ariel, Buffy Summers, same character. They, they there actually is a lot of overlap. You said that jokingly. I did. There is I a did, lot of and then I had some work. thoughts of like. Oh, you know, she's it's like, wait, actually, hang on. Yeah. Listing after her human, which is like from a different world and probably not right for her. And she does a lot of like, well, she changes herself and does some things. But, you know, similar themes of bravery Absolutely. And, and leaving what you know. Mm-hmm. What are your closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Uh, even with his vamp face on, he can get it. He can still he get can it. Still Absolutely. Get it. Like Darla, not so much. <laughs> Sorry, hon. But like, <laughs> <laughs> angel angel can get it just swoon big teen high school girl crush on angel forever always yeah yeah teen boy crush on angel even looking back watching i'm like teen nick you you got good taste yep. that's good mm-hmm. good good call good call there. yeah yep my sister on the other hand always said he has a big nose and i don't get it well everybody has a right to be wrong they do she always had a bigger thing for her college boyfriend but uh, we'll agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> I can't wait till she hears this. <laughs> Not to throw shade on Mark Lucas, because he, he Oh, is you fine. named him. Damn, is, you did. You is, named him. Okay. Is, but he's still no David Boreanaz. Sorry, not sorry. That's fair. Shall we wrap this other, this up? Let's wrap this mother up. All right. Name the musical. Name the Hairspray. musical. Yeah, there you go. Every time. Come on, Miss yeah. Buttercup. It's time to wrap this mother up. <laughs> I think that about does it for this episode. Don't you think, Nicholas? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you'll join us again for our next episode, where we'll discuss season one, episode eight, I Robot You, Jane. That was, I didn't know you were going to throw the character. <laughs> Neither did I. An actress indeed. Um, if you are just too excited to wait until the next episode to chat, please send us an email at T-A-B-U-L-R-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. Say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at at TabularassaBPod. Allie. Yes. Where can people find you on social media? Well, if you would like to support me as a young actress, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Allie Press. That's A-L-L-I-E-P-R-E-S-S. And if you'd like to see my day-to-day goings-on, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DaughterPick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K, or on TikTok at Future Black Cat, spelled exactly how it sounds. And luckily, all of these social media handles are in the description. Everybody should tune in, and I can't wait for this next episode. Can you, Allie? Samesies. And until then... Make proud choices. Have a beautiful day. I love you. Love you all. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer with music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.